I am excited today because I have an amazing guest and we had so much fun. We did a girls night. It was so much fun. I had a blast. I drank a whole bottle of wine (laughs) and it got so long and we went for an epically long time. Her name is Mal Harrison, who is the founder for the Center for Erotic Intelligence. She is the executive director. She's a clinical sexologist, global speaker, eroticism philosopher, relationship revitalizer, Mal Harrison. are you doing? I'm so excited to talk with you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Can you hear me? Okay. I can. Can you hear me? Yeah, perfectly. So I have headphones. And so if for any reason something happens, just, you know, let me know and I can take them out and all of uh, the neighborhood can hear our combo because I'm outside. <laughs> it might not work so good, right? <laughs> hey, I'm not on the PTA here, so we're good. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. And I I know we're just chatting, but I still want to introduce you. Or do you want to introduce yourself? No, no, you introduced me. I'm so bad <laughs> at that stuff. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't have all of my notes here, so I'm just going to have to go off on how awesome you are and amazing. And I love your career and all things you say. And your name is Mal Harrison. You are the director, are you director and founder, right? Yep. Of the Center for Erotic Intelligence. You are a world speaker. I'm just, you have so many amazing stories. And I'm so excited to talk with you. I had so much fun talking with you this last time. And people commented, they loved our talks. I'm like, okay, we got to do this again. <laughs> yes. No, thank you so much. I had so much fun with you. You are so easy to chat with and so real and also just the sexiest voice. And it's just, it's a blast, pun intended and not intended all, all in one. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And I am, I am drinking Cabernet or no Sauvignon Blanc. And what are you drinking anything? I'm drinking Sauvignon Blanc. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Seriously. Oh, that's (laughs) awesome. (laughs) I did have a gin and tonic earlier today and I was like, why did I have that so early? But yeah. I know. I know. That's funny because I actually did the same thing, but I had a little bit of a different bottle of white wine that I had earlier. And then, then I like, it just made me like tired, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm like, (laughs) yeah, we got to have that, that pep pep in our, our pump and our, yeah, all the things. I was, I was trying to think of some cover there that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> all the things works fantastically. <laughs> I'm so excited. And I want to do something fun because you know I've reached over 200,000 downloads, which is exciting to me because I literally do all this myself. I do everything for it all by myself. So it's really exciting to me to think that in one year I have reached, I've had almost a quarter of a million downloads. And Cheers to you. That is fucking <laughs> incredible. That's amazing. And just superwoman, superpower. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. I was just so excited. I'm like, I'm doing something fun. And so then I was asking around of people, what do you want? What do you want? And then, you know, people are like, I'll have someone talk with you or interview you. Or and then some, and then of course I did this little poll. And people were like, Well, you know, you could do all of those things. <laughs> but the top one was doing the episode naked. So I am going to strip down as we talk and I will be doing, recording this completely naked in my sound room, drinking Sauvignon Blanc. 
my gosh. So wait, what are you wearing now? Could you describe it so we, <laughs> we know like what's coming off? Yes. Oh, and then the other stipulation was that we need to talk about masturbation at some point. So those are the things. Okay. <laughs> so are you going to get naked and masturbate? <laughs> I, well, I mean, I, I got stuff that I could use or it's true. But <laughs> so originally I had a tank top on and a bra and then my, my like sweatshirt thing. But then I'm like, oh, wait, I had to take off my headphones to remove that. So that's not going to work. I mean, of course, of course it would work, but this is me and my brain thinking how it's going to flow and how it's going to go. And I'm like, well, then I'll have to be like, oh, just a minute. I'll be right back. And I'll be all like awkward. And like, wait a minute, just a minute. I got to take off my, my headphones because I room my room my clothes. And so I just decided not to go there. I just took it off already. And I'm sitting here with my sweatshirt. It's black. It's open. It's a zip down. And I still have my pants on and, and I'm commando because I'm commando every fucking day of my life because I absolutely love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so sexy. I'm so excited. I got it. So what's the temperature in the room? I'm like interviewing you now because I'm like, oh, this I know. Is so hot. It's, it's so hot in here. Seriously. I mean, it actually gets so hot in here. Already it's hot in here. And it's like, I haven't even been in here that long. I mean, I know I've had some wine, but I mean, it's very <laughs> hot in here. So like a naked, naked recording sounds like a damn good idea. Maybe every day. <laughs> every day. Well, you're, you're, North, I think, and I'm in Phoenix right now visiting. Oh, I'm jealous. And I love like, Phoenix this time of year. Oh my God. It's the desert's in bloom. It's gorgeous, but it was like 90 something degrees here today. And thank God yeah. there's a pool, but, um, <laughs> but I'm outside now. So yeah, it's, it's nice and toasty. <laughs> It is. And it's, it's just, you know, it's like what a lot of people think of as summer is like right now in yep. Arizona and, you know, flowers are blooming and nothing's dead yet because it gets so hot. Things die in the summer yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. And like, it's so funny in New York in the wintertime, you know, we all go inside. It's too cold to sit outside. And in Phoenix in the summertime, they're like, it's too hot to be outside. We all have to go inside. So it's kind of this like funny opposite world. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's so interesting, isn't it? That's pretty yeah. crazy. All right. I'm going to take off my sweatshirt. I will be topless at this moment. Oh Ta-da. my God. <laughs> I think it's so funny. That's what people picked as a top thing. And I had several people, of course, say, is it going to be audio? Are we going to be able to see it? And I'm like, no, it's not going to be that great. I'm sorry to disappoint. But I mean, know. I think it's, I think it's great. Like desire requires mystery, you know? Yes, and yes. so I feel like having, that's another thing like with porn, you know, it, when we read an erotic story or we are listening to a podcast like this one and we have to imagine something, you know, how dare someone ask us to use our imagination and not be spoon. <laughs> I, I say like sometimes porn is like the McDonald's of our yeah. eroticism. We just get like spoon fed this fast food and it's quick and easy. And <laughs> I love porn. Don't get me wrong. Like it's right. amazing, you know, gets the job done quickly when you, you have something you need to do. Yes. But um, like, you know, to be able to be the cinematic director in your own head of, of, a visual, you know, of, of what's happening. I think that's so important for our individual eroticism, the, the ability to do that. So I think you doing this with no visual is actually more enticing and exciting and mysterious and hot than 
you know, you're like, here it all is. <laughs> exactly. I think that's so true. And, and some, some reasons or not some reasons, I'm like, already I'm feeling my wine here. It's why people <laughs> like, <laughs> I think it's why people tend to like the book rather than the movie. Like people like the book was great, but the movie wasn't so good because they've lost that piece. And if they've read the book, first, they might have had this vision of the book from reading, but then the actual images don't quite match up to what they had in their head. And it it kind of ruins it. And people are always like, or frequently are like, the the book's better. Yeah. I mean, it also sounds like dating on the internet. Right. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Have you ever met anybody online or dated somebody off of We'll be back after a quick break. This episode is brought to you by the Spring Cleaning Champions, Manscaped. This season, make sure the man in your life grooms his carpets and his drapes with the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. Have him clear out that winter bush with Manscaped's Lawnmower 5.0 and watch his confidence bloom like the springtime flowers. Embrace the season and have him join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With our special offer, go to manscaped.com and use code RUIN. You have to use my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, for the 20% off and free shipping. Have you ever been doing some oral pleasure and got some hairs in your mouth or your teeth? Well, (laughs) Manscaped can help with that. Try being clean-shaven or spring cleaning. After he uses Manscaped, you can say, "Hmm, let's get some busy with some spring fever in the bedroom. Try out Lawn Mower 5.0 Ultra. It is an amazing trimmer that features two interchangeable heads, one for taking a little off the top and the new foil blade to go smooth. If you want to go smooth for spring cleaning, make sure you try out Manscaped products. Bring on those smooth skin sexy slaps in the bedroom. And how do you do that? Use Manscaped products to shave clean down in your pubic area. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code RUIN. You have to use my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, all caps at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with code RUIN at manscaped.com. Nothing like a little spring cleaning in his pants, right? In your pants if you're a man. (laughs) Spring clean your groin area. Try smooth. Try it with Manscaped. No, no. I know it works for a lot of people. There are many people that that do that. And I think it's a great thing to have it out there because it's really needed. And I imagine it could really zero in on, you know, similarities very quickly and then rule people out that aren't even remotely a match. Oh, yeah. I Well, I had my first sexual experience when I was 15 with somebody I met on AOL directory. Oh, wow. Like that's dating me, you know, when we had the <laughs> dial up and everything that, uh-huh. you know, that, that funky sound <laughs> like, and it's like, I, I loved Craigslist when it was like, you know, in the very early two thousands, it was just amazing. I had so much casual sex from mm. Craigslist in New York. And then, of course, there was like the Craigslist serial killer and things got real. And oh, it was bad. Was, see, that's you know, just, like, that sucks. Wow. And that now sucks. we have fields, but, you know, I'm just, yeah, I, I haven't, I actually, my partner in real life, so 
So, you know, I ended up with somebody I didn't meet on the internet, but I hear so many stories of catfishing and yeah, I know it's just like just so many wild, you know, stories of people thinking that somebody is a certain way or looks a certain way and then then being, you know, totally different in person. And I also think it's interesting, like we use all of these apps for dating nowadays and their yeah. pictures, but like we don't get these beautiful nuances of body language, of vocal right. inflections, of the way somebody moves or maybe touches you or flirts with you. Like there are just so many wonderful pieces of context and nuance that I think digital technology is taking away from our social intelligence when it comes right. to dating, right. um, which is a part of erotic intelligence. So that piece of the puzzle is very interesting to me to kind of see these generations speaking of masturbation a study released recently surveyed to people from 14 years old to 49 years old I'm actually kind of annoyed they didn't expand that age to older but yeah, it is what right. it is I didn't do the study and they found that adolescents are masturbating less yeah. than they were 10 and 20 years ago and that's, that's yeah terrifying that's like you very need to know scary. your body yeah mm -hmm. yeah I mean yeah because that's you know and, and you wonder what's causing that like what are I mean I know it obviously can be culture but that's like something that's just sort of intuitive just, just something just natural and primal and for totally. for young kids to be losing that is that's very concerning Oh, yeah. I mean, also the study showed that all of us are mostly having less and less sex. Really? Um, which is is interesting. You know, I think for couples, obviously, it's much easier to Netflix and chill. And we've been through this pandemic and just yeah. there's a lot, of, right. a lot of turmoil in society. And, you know, I, I definitely feel like, you know, the 24-hour news cycle and waking up and like I've just had to not check my phone in the middle of the night because I'm like, wait, what happened? This is happening. Oh, I go back no. to sleep. Yeah. I used to say like, you know, I had a lot of random sex in my 20s for, I think, validation and affirmation. You know, just to feel like you've been seen, to connect with somebody, to feel validated. Yeah, it was part ego and, you know, it's, it's just part of the process and, um, and I always say there's no such thing as emotionless sex. You know, a lot of people right. and, and at, at the time I used to be like, yeah, I can, I can fuck without feeling emotion. I can be one of the guys, <laughs> right. you know, right. yep, like, yep. like, you know, like you still feel powerful. You still feel pleasure. You still feel excitement. You still feel, you know, enticed and, and validated and affirmed and, you know, all of these things. So th there is emotion there. And anyone who says there's not is, is kidding themselves and, and adhering to, to constructs. But, you know, I do think social media, especially like Instagram and TikTok, it's giving people, especially the younger generations, even mine too. I mean, who am I kidding? That's that self-validation and that affirmation that we need. You know, it right. we used to get naked with somebody and feel seen. And now we get, you know, a few hundred likes and we feel seen. And that's like, great, you know. So I think that's part of it. But I think there are a lot of other layers to the youngin that maybe we won't know for a while. I think that's true. I think that's really true. 
But I mean, there's no way that, you know, this whole pandemic is not going to affect well, just about every damn thing, including people's sexuality. I've heard quite a few things about people, you know, just it really has impacted people. And they're, the fear is extending into, into sexuality. Yeah. 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 I had one client who told me after 40 years of marriage, she was terrified to kiss her husband and she didn't <sighs> want to share food with him anymore because of like, what if he brought it home and right um, that fear? Yeah. And then, and like, I just think about, it's so interesting. I think about how careless I was when I was younger and sleeping mm-hmm. around and like, yep. Oh, like, Oh, well, like got chlamydia, got gonorrhea, but like, oh, thank wow. God I didn't get the other <laughs> stuff that can be cured, you know? Exactly. And There's then, the medicine. And, <laughs> yeah. And like, now I'm like, Oh my God. Oh, I lost to you. wash my hands. I'm like freaking out. You know, I'm, I'm more chill now, but oh, can you hear me? Oh yeah, I can now. <laughs> For a second okay, you sorry. cut out there. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Oh, no but, but now, now I feel like it's just, I'm a bit more of a germaphobe and I just think how, you know, if I were in the same, you know, mindset that I was when I was younger, I probably wouldn't be as neurotic, not neurotic, but just as careful as I am, you know, with COVID and having a new baby and all of this stuff. It's, it's yeah. I think it really, I mean, it really has, I mean, we feel a little bit more vulnerable. We're worried about, so there's just a, another added layer into all of intimacy and something like that. That's really sad where the woman is so afraid that she's going to get sick, that she's afraid to kiss her own husband. And so, yeah, I think that's an area that I hadn't really thought of seen lots of other things that people are just dating less in general, obviously, because they can't go out, but that fear of, of actually making contact with another human being. And that's, that's kind of disturbing. Oh yeah. Well, when the pandemic first hit, and I mean, in New York city with our population density, it was so intense. I mean, coming out here to Phoenix, nobody's wearing masks and, and yeah. granted the, the rate of spread is much lower and things are different and everyone's up to the mandates, but but, you know, just the culture here is different. You can wake up, you can go out for a walk in the preserve, you get in your car, you drive somewhere, which I think is most of America. But in New York, you know, you've got like 30,000 people living within like a one or two block radius. And yes. it's it's, a, it's just a different world. And, you know, we had 18 wheelers that were morgues outside of hospitals. And like wow. they, they were throwing bodies in a trench on City Island. And so, you know, wow. it was really, really scary. And Sorry to go dark, but the fun <laughs> part of it, like none of that was fun. It was terrifying, which I think, you know, put an impact on a major impact on most New Yorkers. But New York City Department of Health released a statement on how to what most safe sex practices were. Oh. And one of one of the things they were promoting were glory holes. And I just oh. thought it was the greatest, funniest, and most amazing thing. <laughs> <laughs> Like maybe kids would date if we all just had glory holes. You I know, know right? You know. <laughs> like, what? what? Oh, my God. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy. It was wild. Have you heard any any fun stories of people kind of navigating, you know, casual sex in the pandemic? A little bit. I mean, I've heard of people, you know, there's people that go online, find different people. And I know I've heard some people say that it's just really impacted any sort of like 
gatherings or groups or anywhere they could meet people. And so it's really everything. A lot of things have turned to online interaction, which, you know, it's still interaction, but it's a whole different world to be interacting online than it is in person. I mean, like we were talking, it's totally different. So yeah, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's just going to be, it's going to be interesting. I'm sure people are going to be studying this for years to come, the impacts, you know, good and bad. You know, if there's anything good, maybe we're careful, more careful. That's can yeah, be a good I, thing. <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting. And you mentioned like we're going to be studying this for years to come because, I mean, you're absolutely right. It's it's fascinating how this is going to have such a sociological cultural impact. And, Mm -hmm. you know, one thing that I've heard and read was that, you know, the twenties were so the 1920s were so decadent because of the 1918 flu that was labeled the Spanish flu, even though it was started, I think in either Kansas or Missouri, I think it was in Kansas city, but it was the soldiers who, where it derived from, but somehow got called the Spanish flu. And there was like this whole thing about, you know, don't call it the Spanish flu, you know, it's been actually from Spain. But, but, you know, after, after that, everybody just went to party and go crazy. So I'm just thinking, you know, the orgies <laughs> in two years are going to be wild. You know? I know, right? <laughs> Isn't that an interesting thing too? And, and, and think about how much I feel like there's a lot of literature and stories that have come out of the pandemic where people are just, yeah, they're just, you know, it's just changed so much and it's added such a different layer, good ways and bad. Like I actually narrated a audio by a man who two strangers had sex with masks on and it, it actually added to the eroticism because they were, you know, they knew they were drawn to each other, but they couldn't see their full face, but yet they oh. were very drawn to each In a way, it was kind of like, you know, a masquerade balls or the Halloween where you're wearing a mask or someone different, but yet the attraction is there and then you interact. That wouldn't have happened. That story would have not have happened. I mean, and just think of the layer of eroticism that's added there because you you know each other, but you don't, there's still mystery. You never, in the story, they never see each other's full faces. Wow. I love that. You can see each other's dicks, but you can't see each right. other's. Like, that's amazing. Right, exactly. <laughs> and it was like this, over. they were overcome. They had known each other for a while and they were overcome and then they just did it. And so- it's kind of delicious, but I think about that. I'm like, geez, this story wouldn't even be possible. I mean, like, what are you talking about? If it happened before the pandemic, it wouldn't have nearly the mystery that it yeah. does now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's so true. It would just be like kind of that, that mask layer adds, adds some fun. I mean, think of what was the Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman movie? And they all are like at this oh. party and they have their little masks on. I forget yeah, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. the movie, but yeah. I have actually a friend in New York. She's a very, very successful woman. I mean, just like townhouse, all the things, friends are in business. And she is a just insatiable woman, insatiable. And she loves her her younger lovers and she ah. loves having gang bangs and orgies. And so during wow. the pandemic, yeah, she's phenomenal and it's so great because nobody would ever know (laughs) yeah (laughs) like with her job and what she does and her career it's it's fabulous and so she rented a place on the Hamptons over the summer and normally every summer she travels and goes all these different places but this was you know the the summer of the pandemic pre-vaccines this is 2020 
And so she had a private doctor come. She would have, and this is what she told me. I have not validated it. It's not fair. Right, right. But, but she would have her group of people come and they would stay at the house. The doctor would test them for COVID. Wow. And simultaneously, because of the testing for COVID, she also had them do blood work on them. Because she was like, we're all going to have this crazy orgy. Why not? Um, <laughs> wow. And do like a STD test. This is what she said. I don't know if it's true. But yeah. um, but she was like, you know, I figured we're doing COVID tests. Let's do the STD tests. And so they would all be tested and they would wait to get the results. And they, you know, have this fabulous kind of huge estate to enjoy, you know, the sun and the summer, et cetera. And, and then when all the results came in from the private doctor, they would, you know, have a big dinner together and enjoy, you know, wine, cocktails, and then they would have a delicious time with each other. And I just thought, well, huh, you probably weren't doing all those tests pre-COVID, no, but, right? you know, <laughs> if you're having a doctor come in, why not? You know, so I thought that was fascinating that, you know, I think when humans have a need and a drive to fuck, they're going to make things happen, you know, regardless. So. <laughs> exactly. Man, that whole description, that would make like a kick-ass like novel or like a, a erotic <laughs> story. I mean, seriously, you know, it's kind of almost like a game show, not a game show, but like a a challenge at the, to go through yeah. all these things and they can reward it. I mean, it actually sounds like something. <laughs> you're in your, yeah, I never asked, did, did anybody ever test positive and you had to kick them out? Right. You know? right. <laughs> no, that, that would suck. I mean, that, you know, it just seems like something that people would be like interested in, like reading about or watching happen live. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty oh, crazy. Totally. Oh my gosh. It, like sex clubs that had actually started in New York. One was called NSFW. Mm. I'm just wondering if they're there. I went there actually for a friend's book launch, not oh, for nice. a party, but, but I'm just curious if they're still doing There's, I think they are. Are they? I think they're, yeah. I think there's still, there's still sex parties and orgies happening in the city. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, I feel like things are getting to the point where people might be returning to that or just being careful enough to be like, okay, now we can do this. And how, like you said, pe people are going to find a way to fuck. That's just, if they want to fuck, they're going <laughs> to fuck. I mean, that's just the way totally. it is. <laughs> well, we should talk about masturbation because somebody told me yes. that we talk about masturbation. So what is your, what do you have to say about masturbation? Boy, that's a really general question, isn't it? <laughs> oh my God. What, I mean, what do I have to say? You can let your mind go do, crazy. You know, like, yeah, I'm like, come at me, pun intended. I think, <laughs> I don't know, I feel like masturbation is a form, it's it's different to everybody. You know, one question I ask people often is, what does sex mean to you? Right. And, you know, is it just this thing you do? Is it a dirty little act? You know, is it a place you go? Is it a journey you go on with a partner? You know, is it something that you get? Is it something that you give up or is it something that you share? You know, do you use it for power, pleasure, all these things. And I think masturbation is, is very much the same. Like what does masturbation mean to you? And that's a question I would pose to the listeners, you know, what place does it have in your life? And I would say for me, masturbation is go-to when my nose is clogged, by the way, because uh. it unclogs my nose. 
It's a, <laughs> oh, nice bonus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a form of self-care. It's a form of connection with my body. The mm-hmm. same way a lot of people, you know, advocate for yoga or hiking or sports. Yes, like, yes. you know, it's yeah. it's a way that, that we can connect with our bodies and, and really know our bodies and know what's happening. And it's a form of self-love. I used to always say, like, the best way to love yourself is to give yourself a little loving. And that's right. And I also feel like every adolescent and teenager and such thing as child sexuality. Nobody wants to talk about it. And, you know, it's terrifying, but you know what, when I've been masturbating as long as I can remember. And yeah. 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 So, you know, I think one thing, you know, for parents out there is know your body and know it well and know it well enough that you know how to pleasure yourself before you decide to share your body with somebody else. And I think that's super important, you know, why risk pregnancy or an STD if you're not even going to come, you know, like. Right. And and it's such a learning opportunity. Use it on yourself. Yeah. And yeah, so I, I, I mean, I see it as like kind of a divine form of meditation in some cases and in other. Interesting. uh, Yeah. Yeah. But in other cases, I'm just fucking horny and I want to rub one out, you know? (laughs) Right. right. (laughs) That all can be encompassed in that. I mean, why not? You know? Yeah, totally. I think that's interesting though. I, I, you know, I recently talked with another sexologist who wrote the book and he got chastised for talking about children wanting to masturbate. And they were like, children, people were all in arms and like, children are not sexual. Like people were like up in arms. Like, <sighs> it's not like that. Why do they have to turn it into that? You know? It's so American and it's so out of touch with reality. And honestly, it's why we have horrible sex education in the United States and we have the highest teen pregnancy rate of any developed country. Depending on the year, we we are, you know, neck and neck with Russia there. But, but, you know, we, we have one of the highest teen STI rates in the world of any developed country, really. So it's, you know, it's a shame that we're not getting accurate sex ed. And I think for me, what's even worse is that we're not getting accurate education around relationships because oh, I yeah, see exactly. And, you know, the first greatest relationship we have is the relationship we have with ourselves. Mm-hmm. And one of the best ways to get to know ourselves, our bodies is to masturbate. So yes, yes. And just a natural, normal part of, of being human. And I think the other issue is there's just a huge disinformation campaign out there. I mean, there's have you heard of the group No Fat? No. Oh my gosh. So it's this this advocacy group, no FAP FAP, that's very anti-masturbation and they just oh perpetuate all of these myths and you know for men oh oh, masturbation will lower your testosterone levels and you'll lose your muscle mass and it's just complete I mean you know back in the day said if you masturbate you're going to grow hairy arms and (laughs) like just it's it's wild like (laughs) why are there all these myths around like you know I'm sitting here trying to you know help rectify like the 
such a dirty word, rectify. I know, but, right? Yeah. That's like, somehow <laughs> is, I know. <laughs> yeah, but I also like dirty. <laughs> um, but like, you know, I'm trying to help bridge the orgasm gap, so yes. to speak, you know, and so I'm working on that. And then meanwhile, there are these modern day groups who are out there spreading misinformation. And there are like rappers and certain people who intentionally like don't masturbate because oh. they think it like, you know, destroys their, just destroys like their ability to be creative or, weird. you know, just it's so weird. And so like, you know, I think there's a lot of medical disinformation that's most commonly pushed by people or organizations selling treatments or belief yeah. systems, right. whether for profit or to recruit for their religious groups. So, you know, it's, and then on the flip side, there was like orgasmic meditation, which, um, you know, that's, that's a whole thing that was like a female masturbation thing. And when I said religious group, I thought, well, a lot of people say that orgasmic meditation is a cult. I'm not putting anything out there because you know, we're talking yeah. politics here with people's right. beliefs. Yep, yep. But but I did go to an event when I was with Museum of Sex and I watched Nicole Doan. I watched her TED Talk, which she has on the orgasm. And I was so excited. You know, we got the invite at the Museum of Sex and I was like, oh, cool. Orgasmic meditation. Yeah. So I do, do I bring a, a yoga mat or something? Right. They're right. Like, they're like, no, no, like just come. And this was like back in like 2010. So this is okay. a, a while ago. Yep. And, and so I go and it's this beautiful loft in Tribeca on Leonard street. And it's like this like big table that looks like, you know, a dentist chair or something with this big <laughs> light above. I know. And so the whole audience is sitting in these fold-out chairs, you know, in this person's apartment wow. watching Nicole stroke this woman, I think her name was Justine, wow. stroke, stroking her clitoris. And and so she was making these noises like a Japanese porn. I was like, hmm. I've only ever, like, I've been with plenty of women and I've only ever heard. <laughs> oh, no, right. Like, and I was like, okay, that doesn't sound very real to me, but maybe, you know, to each their own, we all have yeah, different true. noises, you know? And so yeah. at the end of her, her session, Nicole went around and asked like, what were your thoughts on it? And anybody who said something that Nicole didn't like, she was like very, just not happy with it. Like it wasn't, it didn't seem she was vibing or open or accepting or like, oh, I can see that perspective. Okay. Moving on. You know, it was like, mm -hmm. it just was like a bad vibe, you know? Yeah, and yeah. And so at the end of it, I was just like, wow, I just saw a fucking masturbation show. This is great. Like, I want to show my friends this shit. This is, I can't believe it. I went to a loft in Tribeca. I saw this girl get, you know, stroked up. Oh, my God. And so I go up at the end and I'm like, yo, I want I want my friends to come see this. Can I sign up for your next one? Because I'm like, I got to show a couple of my friends the shit. Yeah. I got to show my partner. And so she's like, yeah, the next event that we're doing is like such and such date. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, can I sign four people up? And she's like, yeah, it's, it's like $400 a person. And I'm just like, fuck, that's a lot of money. And so yeah. I was like, yo, I'm not going to sign them up until I even know that they're available that day. I'm just going to put their yes. names on it. hope they pay me back, you know? Right. And, and so she's like, I was like, can, you know, can I reach out to them? Can I ask them and then I'll get back to you. She's like, our spots will fill up. You need to book it now if you want. Oh, you know, it was, 
it was this super big hustle. And I was like, uh, this doesn't sit well with me. So then no, right. while I was at Museum of Sex, I emailed them and I was like, do you have any scientific data or any like studies or reports that the upper left quadrant of the clitoris is actually the most sensitive because, yeah, right. you know, I was, I was doing all this research on the clitoris. I broke the story of the internal clitoris, you know, first one outside of a medical journal. And yes. they were like, who wants to know? Like, there was no like, sure. Yeah, here you go. Here's our study. Here's huh. our like mm. they could have even just said, you know, well, it's from all the people we've stroked off that we have. Right. They, they could have just kept it real. Been, but like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was just super weird. And I was like, you know what? There's something not right about all of this. And so I ended up not writing anything about them because I was like actually a little like freaked out, you know, like, you know, no fat, like there are these hardcore believers in whether it's no fat on the no masturbation front or orgasmic meditation that's charging people thousands of dollars, Mm. you know, orgasmic meditation coach, you know, I actually think the idea of allowing a, you know, woman, a, a clitoris owner to lie there and receive pleasure without <sighs> thinking about, oh, I have to give pleasure. I have to please my partner. It's my turn to reciprocate. Without the element of reciprocity, I think that is the one and only main greatest thing from orgasmic meditation that I think everyone could try or practice is, you know, how about you just get me off tonight and I'm not going to reciprocate, especially for, for people who struggle to have an orgasm, you know, regardless yes, of, yes. of gender or body part, you right. know, it's like, I think that's a wonderful, so, I mean, it's not all bad. That's a wonderful aspect to, to oming, but I think that's kind of like, Beyond that, it's a bit, it is a bit cultish, you know, if I could do it for free or if I could do it for, you know, I think we all could do it for free, really. It's just, you know, masturbating our partners or ourselves. So it is what it is. But anyway, I didn't mean to to go off track with, with orgasmic meditation, but it is, it is an interesting. Oh, I think it's totally interesting. I mean, it's like something I hadn't really thought of. Yeah. ABC did an entire what? I'm sorry. Oh, they did a, an entire podcast series on the group. So I think, oh, I, sure. I, I, yeah. So I think they were like, yo, this is weird, but <laughs> it, yeah. It's very interesting. There's no doubt about it. I mean, in thinking just setting up that situation where, yeah, where, where she was just pleasured and then that was it, you know, it's not something we generally see. No. No, and, in any way, shape, or form—movies, books, you name it—to add, there's never a only her. Yeah, yeah. You know, even for for penis owners, I think you know, being able to just which I think they get a lot more of. It's like, okay, honey, I don't feel like sex tonight. Let me just blow you really quick. You know, right, right. Uh, but but you know, I also think learning how to stroke our partner, whether it's their penis or their pussy. Mm-hmm. I think that's a wonderful, pro- like I was thinking about how kids have like first, second, third base. And then the, <laughs> like, the final act, like what if like the bases were just like, you know, Oh, we masturbated in front of each other or, you know, I just, I think it's, I think it's like 
what if we just incorporated a lot more masturbation in our beginning of our sexual journey? I think it would be so helpful because we would see how the other person likes to get themselves off and then that would help inform us on how we can get them off. And I just feel like that should be part of the, uh, the bases rather than a kiss up your shirt, down your pants, and then, you know, in the sack. Yeah, right. But yeah, it, it's all about that interaction, that dance, that relationship, the interaction between the people. And you don't want to lose that. That's, that's like, that's all the good stuff, you know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. Do you remember any like myths about masturbation growing up that like you heard oh. or not? Yeah. I mean, just anything from you're not supposed to do that to someone saying that it can actually, well, I guess that's sex. I was thinking it was, you have too much sex that it's going to actually affect your pussy and that's not going to like damage it or hurt it, mm. which is absolutely ridiculous because I mean, it can take a lot of pressure. <laughs> I mean, come on, you know, not only do we have sex, we have women have babies and that is probably has the most <laughs> amount of stress what a weird thing for people to say, you know? I mean, oh what? My God, I love you so much. But that was, yeah, like a, a fucking men. So I just like, I have to say, so one of the most horrifying common stories, so part of the Center for Erotic Intelligence is part of what we do is that we develop programming for colleges and universities. Unfortunately, it's very, very difficult to get things like sex ed and consent ed and relationship ed and pleasure ed into high schools because it's, you know, based on district, et cetera, et cetera. But it is easier to get these programs into colleges. And Ah. so one of the first questions I will ask, and now, you know, the, the professors will ask, you know, what are some of the things you were taught in sex education? And I kid you not, the few who've had sex education, and I kid you not, the same story that repeats year after year, whether you're in California or Maryland, you know, Florida or Washington, it's it's wild to me. I just, it's the story of a teacher taking a piece of tape and they tell everyone in the class to put it on their arms and then to peel the piece of tape off. And then once they peel the piece of tape off, tape off, put it back on your arm. Now peel it off again. Now do it five or six times. And there, you know, there are different renditions of the story. Now, do you see how the tape loses its stickiness? It's like, yeah, the tape loses its stickiness. Right. Well, that's what happens to your vagina every time you have sex. It oh gets my looser gosh. and looser. And I'm like, that is the biggest load of bullshit because yeah. I, I will tell well, obviously we know scientifically it is, but like this cultural idea that if I save myself and I have my husband, then, you know, I'm this pure, tight, beautiful, perfect virgin, but then I can have sex with him 50 times and I'm still this beautiful, tight virgin, right. but I can't like have sex with 50 different dudes and, and still, you know, obviously not a virgin, but like, whether you're having sex with your one person you've ever been with 50 times, or you've had sex one time with 50 guys, like you've still had sex 50 times. I guess what? Your vagina is not getting looser. Like, (laughs) and if you like, you can have six or seven kids. If you're doing your damn Kegels and you're doing pelvic floor workouts, 
your shit's going to be intact. It's going to be amazing. And by, by the way, like doing those exercises pre childbirth also helps you give birth easier and quicker. So, you know, that you just, you, you triggered me. I was like, Oh, I I hear this story (laughs) and it's so ridiculous. And I know, right. It like kind of implies that it's like not muscle down there. It's like every fucking muscle in our body, we can strengthen. So shut yes. the fuck up. There's no way we cannot strengthen down in our genitals. We can. It's a muscle. Amen. There's muscles down there. It's not like a big blob of fat. It's muscle. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and it takes time, but it happens. I I don't feel like, you know, it was a process for me. Like, I think it was like a year after childbirth that I was like, oh, I can have sex without pain again. Also breastfeeding, mm, yeah. you know, takes away. Sure your estrogen, but so it, you know, you dry up like a damn desert and that's no fun. I never had to use lube before. And then all of a sudden I was like, right. what? I have to use lube? Fuck. Like what's this business? But, yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's back and it's better than ever. So <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I just, I, you know, masturbation recently was talking with a woman who wrote a book about the diet for sex and I think she talks about is blood flow and blood flow to the genitals and how actually a masturbation improves blood flow. So, you know, if you do actually have a low sex drive, if you start to masturbate, you're going to start to increase your, your libido, right? Because you're increasing yep. blood flow to that area. So people feel like intimidated, like, oh, I can't have sex with my partner. I don't feel that. Why not go through a period where you're just masturbating all the time? you're eating well, you're following good health practices. I mean, they might actually get to the point where they want to, you know? A hundred percent. Like that's a hundred percent exactly right. Science, you know, physiology, like the person that you interviewed, perfect. And you're, you know, connecting the dots there, a hundred percent perfect. I mean, Basically, more masturbation leads to more masturbation leads to more sex, more masturbation. Even if you're even if you're a single person, you're only yourself, you're just going to, it's just a cycle that's going to perpetuate goodness. Total goodness. And it's like, you know, it, and also orgasm, whether from partnered or solo activity increases testosterone in the short term. And then in the longer term, higher testosterone is correlated with more orgasms. So, you know, it is a catch 20, not a catch 22. It's just like this beautiful cycle of like, you know, it's like the more you stretch, the more flexible you are, the more you work out, the better in shape you are, the more you masturbate, the more willing, ready, and able you are to have really great sex. The doing makes for more doing and it's just going to only heighten for you. So say you don't masturbate, you don't have sex, how would that area of your body not atrophy? I mean, any area of your body that you don't work is eventually going to atrophy. And that includes your genitals. Hundred. If you if you don't use it, you lose it. You know, I think <laughs> it's totally get back. like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. I feel I just am thinking of that movie, Dumb and Dumber. And he's like, yeah, use it or lose it, sister, or something. And I'm like, oh, I think that's like an imprint from my childhood. Like, oh, I better use it. <laughs> That's a kind of a classic movie. Everybody has to see that movie, right? Oh, yeah. So good. It um, is. How's your beverage treating you? Oh, I, I just got a refill from my partner. Nice. What about you? Mine is good. I might have to visit the facilities for a moment, if you don't mind, because I, no, my it. wine is like charging through me. 
And I I'll do gonna... the same thing. <laughs> okay, perfect. I'm glad it's okay. just not me. <laughs> okay, no, I'll be back. Okay. Mm. Are you back? I've got a mouthful. Yeah, I have a mouthful right now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, that's awesome. That sounds like a fun time. <laughs> I just got back from the bathroom and I just, I just decided it's time to be naked. So I'm naked. I took everything off. I'm just here naked with my glass of wine and I'm having a blast. (laughs) My God. Yeah. What are you enjoying eating? I was eating a spring roll from a Thai restaurant that they ordered out from. So I just, I popped in popped half a spring roll in my mouth, went to the bathroom, realized I didn't have it on mute. So you might hear me peeing. <laughs> I was like, oh <laughs> That's God. Okay. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> no worries. I will totally delete it out if I hear it, but it doesn't bother <laughs> me. Oh my God, sorry. <laughs> and then ate oh the gosh. other like half of spring roll and, and came out here. I love, love Thai awesome. food. It's so good. Oh yeah. yeah, it's so good. I know. It's, so there's so many good foods around the world. I just, it's amazing to me. How different parts of the world have come up with different foods. I mean, that's a total, like a total giant topic that you talk on forever, but yeah, it just, food is so sensual anyway. So I just think it's amazing to incorporate that into your life and all these different flavors we have. I mean, we're just really, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I love putting things in my mouth. Like there's something, (laughs) like there's something very primal about it, you know? a wonderful thing i don't understand people who don't like oral sex like oh i know right doesn't make sense to me like i I have heard stories of people where the where one partner one of of the sides of partner cannot stand oral sex or they're like it's offensive to them or something you know it's just like wt it's like not eating ice cream in your life i mean think how much they're, they're just missing out that's the sad part to me is that they're missing out on this huge part of being alive and being a human being yeah a hundred percent it's like no ice cream no pizza no croissants like the best things in the world that like and we think about like our desire we think about you know when we talk about um the erotic mind one of the main themes of the erotic mind is the location. And mm. I feel like with, with food, we really get to experience the longing and anticipation. You know, I want the, you know, croissant from Paris. I want the pizza from my favorite place in New York. I want, you know, the French onion soup fucking dumplings that standard social used to make. And now they're out of business. Oh. I'm like, when am I getting French onion soup dumplings? <laughs> You know, right, right. Wow, that so, sounds good. <laughs> oh my god, they squirts in your mouth. So obviously, it was really good. <laughs> yes, wow. But yeah, so I think food. You know, if if we're dating somebody new or getting to know someone, one I think litmus test. I call this testing to kind of gauge how someone might relate to us sexually if we're not going to just straight up be like so tell me all the things on the first date you know is is to see yeah is to see kind of like how experimental they are around food and kind of get their thoughts and ideas about food and you can be very sexual with somebody just talking about food I think oh totally yes yes I agree and I think it's it's interesting because food is one area. So and what probably, are you still drinking your Sauvignon Blanc? Oh, I am. Right I okay, am. sorry. You, you, you go ahead because 
Yeah, I cut out. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I was, I was just talking about how it's amazing how food is one area in our lives, probably across the cultures, that it is okay to desire and indulge in culinary delights. And it's considered amazing and awesome, but it doesn't apply across the board. It doesn't apply across sexuality. And it's just interesting how it's a pleasure just like any other, but it's treated differently. A hundred percent. And there are so many different values and beliefs around food. You know? Oh my gosh, yes. It's, it's, it's like just giant. <laughs> and it's the same with sex. With, you know, mm-hmm. I think in both arenas, it's because they both give us so much pleasure. Society feels the need to police it you know, and, and maybe for us, we feel the need to police it for ourselves. So, you know, there's so many constrictions around food, whether it's like, I'm a low carb person, I'm paleo, I don't do meat, I'm vegan. You know, we have all these values and and beliefs surrounding our, our, our palates. And it's the same with our eroticism. You know, I feel like, society wouldn't be here without sex and therefore society polices sex. And, you know, so then there are all these values around sex, whether it's, you know, I'm non-monogamous or I'm super vanilla or I like, you know, swing clubs or I can't masturbate because I believe it will, you know, reduce my testosterone, which is a complete myth. Or a lot of people think, you know, well, if my girlfriend uses a vibrator, then that means I'm not good enough. And right. you know, I'm intimidated. that's complete bullshit. Like it is and like penis owners, vibrators are your friends and they are yes. an accoutrement, you know? Oh yes. So, I hear that one frequently or, you know, people get offended. Like, you know, I've done some sex toy reviews on, you know, on social media and without a fail, every time someone says, well, these things are going to replace men. Like, no, no, they're not. You can't Never. replace human to human contact. But two or three or four or five or whatever number of you can use the sex toy together to enhance pleasure. And you know what? You can use a vibrator on your boyfriend's prostate. You can use yes. it on, you know, like their nipples. There, it's Like I used a vibrator to unclog a milk duct breastfeeding. I've used it when I had a major oh. sinus infection between my eyebrows. The the flower from Satisfier has got these little petals and I just put like okay. the bridge of my nose inside the the flower petals and it was like vibrating through my head and it totally unclogged my whole face. Wow. And I was like, oh my God. So yeah. you know they're they've got Theragun properties for places you don't want to put a Theragun, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think it's because everyone like separates the sexual everything, sexuality, sexual organs from everything else, and it's not different. It's why is there difference of pleasure listening to a mu- wonderful, beautiful song versus feeling pleasure from an orgasm? And it's treated completely differently in our society. And it's absolutely mind-blowing. If you really think about it, it's all boiled down to, do you enjoy that? Is that pleasurable? Yeah. Yeah. And if you do, are you comfortable with that? And can you, can you own that? Can you be okay with that? You know? And I think, you know, one thing I ask people sometimes, what are, 
three key messages you received about pleasure growing right. up? Oh, good question. Oh, man, that is a really good question. Yeah. And so, you know, you kind of see the way pleasure was taught in a family. Was it something you earned? Like, well, if you finish your plate, then you get dessert. Or if you pass your spelling test, then I'll take you out for ice cream. Or, right. you know, if, if you did this, then this, you know, yes. um, was it something that was not just earned, but like not really ever given and you're not really allowed it. And like, you know, you only get it when it's somebody's birthday at school and their parents bring cupcakes or something, you know, right. uh, or, you know, home there, there just wasn't pleasure because there were two very unhappy parents and, you know, you didn't really see happiness or love or enjoyment, you know, so you just saw a lot of, of bickering or bitterness and, or is it something, you know, that people were taught to enjoy for pleasure's sake, you know, here's this wonderful piece of food or why don't you just go play? Why don't you slide on the water slide and like, or why don't you play in the pool or go dig in the dirt? And you know, we have, we're just such a goal oriented, performance oriented society. And I think, right, it's true. Even when you look at like early childhood education, and I just, you know, I'm saying this because I have a very young child and I'm like, what programs do I want to put my child in? And you look at some of the best educational programs in the world, like in Finland, all very play based. Yes. And if you think about it, play is also our our unique eroticism. It's where we mm-hmm. understand who we are and develop our sense of self, our self-awareness, our ideas about ourselves and the way we perceive ourselves and the world around us. We need to play. And so I think when you have a parent or a guardian, rather, you know, whatever the person is in your life who encourages you to go play. It's a, it's a great world out there. If something happens, I'm here for you, but just go play. That's teaching a healthy attitude toward exploration, which is. Oh, yes. Yes. And so, you know, whether it's my partner and I, we have traveled everywhere and we love exploring. We love trying new food. We love meat. You know, we don't want to stay at the five-star resort and, you know, live within a little compound. We want to live like a local, we want to stay, you know, we research the neighborhoods, we want to go to the markets, we want to cook with the food that they have there. And, you know, that's, that's very much our way of, of exploring a new culture, a new people, a new life. And honestly, it makes for really hot sex. So I highly advise it. Like, you know, (laughs) absolutely. um, (laughs) (laughs) And like, give yourself a new name for the country you're visiting, you know? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, I just, I feel like the sensuality of food is really not that far from the sensuality of sex or any, any sensuality at all. Yet it's somehow it's separated as, oh, that's separate. That's different. You know, and, and it is not, but you look hang ups and thinking, oh, sexual is different than enjoying, I don't know, what a damn good strawberry. It is yeah. really not. No, 
No, it's, yeah. And we use sex to sell food. That's what's amazing to me. Like the hamburger commercials, like biting into juicy meat and it's dribbling down your chin. It's like, (laughs) oh, come the fuck on. Come on. Like, oh my God. It's crazy. Yeah. There's just this layoff of pleasure as far as sex is concerned, but anywhere else. Oh yeah. Enjoy any food you want. That's like encouraged. Enjoy your, any books you want or any wonderful blankets or sheets or bath bombs, you name it. But when it comes to pleasuring yourself on that area of your body, taboo. Yeah. It's like, oh, how dare you enjoy the one thing that you came into this world with your body, right. you know? Right. Exactly. It's, it's wild. Have, so I'm curious. I hope you don't mind if I ask you this, but have you, do you have like a favorite like song that you like to fuck to or that you like to masturbate to? Oh, that's interesting. You know, and my tastes are very, I'm a very, I don't know. I'm one of those people that like too many things. So I like anything from Nine Inch Nails to Metallica all the way up to jazz and classical music up pop. I mean, I just, I can't limit myself to one. So it's really hard to pick a song, but I kind of feel like it'd be best likened to maybe clips of multiple songs within. Yes. Yes. I'm like, wait, will you make us like a Spotify playlist of like, that would be really fun. That would be amazing. That's not a bad idea. That's a pretty damn (laughs) good idea. You know, music is so sensual and it's just it's unlike anything else that occurs in our lives. And I don't know, there's so much good that can be had there. I just, I lost my train of thought, but it must be the wine. <laughs> no, you're, so I, you know, I'm a, I'm a musician and I study. Oh, you are? I, what do you play? Uh, yeah. So I play guitar, piano, flute, sax, and oboe. Wow. And I studied, <laughs> I studied opera. So, and I well, like the that's whole. Awesome. That whole line from American Pie this one time at band camp, I stuck, oh stuck a flute in my pussy. Like musicians, we're inherent. Like oh there's just something about the way we move our bodies and the way yes. we telepathically, we feel a beat with a group of people and we move together and we breathe together and we play yes. together and we vibrate together. And, you know, I don't know if you saw the news, but the drummer for the Foo Fighters, Tyler Hawkins, mm. pa- passed tragically. I, I didn't think. hear that. Oh, yeah, two, two nights ago. They're on tour. Oh, they're, oh they're in Colombia. And, you know, Dave Grohl is one of the nicest, most amazing human beings on the planet. And just you can tell he's like a great dad. And, you know, he said, I would take a bullet for Tyler. And interesting thing is like, you know, Dave Grohl was the lead drummer for Nirvana when mm. Kurt Cobain passed. Right. And now wow. he's the lead man for Foo Fighters and his drummer has passed. Oh my gosh. And so I just, you know, normally when I hear people passing, I think of the family and the kids and which I have, of course, obviously, you know, I think Tyler had three kids and it's horrible and a wife and just right. a very gentle, gentle being and just loved people and was there for people and really good human. And I can't stop thinking about 
what it must feel like as the band to lose. It's like losing a limb, you know, uh, like, and it's, a, it's like losing your heart, the fucking foundation, the drum, the percussion, you know? And I'm yes. just sitting here going like, you know, there's, how do you even carry on? And like, every time you go out there and you play with this group of people, you're telepathically communicating, you're feeling something and it's deep and intense. And I think that's why so many musicians have done drugs and alcohol and, you know, gotten lost in, and escaped in this way because you are feeling deep, deep, profound emotions that just resonate to the core of your soul. And, right. you know, just how hard is that to lose your bandmate of that many years? Like, how do you even fucking go on? I have no idea. I like, I, I know they have this huge tour scheduled and I hope it all works out. And, you know, I hope they figure like who nobody could ever replace him. You know what I mean? No, but like, oh my gosh, no, isn't that so true? But it, it's one of those things where it's like, especially if you're a fan, it's like one of those things, it's like those moments where you're like, what? And you don't yeah. forget it. You don't forget it because it's so jarring and it's such a loss because of how amazing they've been. It's just, it's overwhelming. And because of so many, you know, moments of your life that you've listened to that song or you were masturbating right. or fucking or yeah. you met the love of your life or you were, you know, driving over train tracks and flying in the air or, you know, you had your first <laughs> first kiss or you, you know, just like so many moments of or you tasted, you know, sushi for the first time or, yeah. you know, like these moments that music accompanies. It's just, it's so so crazy how impactful it is to listeners and so that's I think that's also I was like oh do you have favorite songs and I love that you you're you're the variety spice of life girl of course (laughs) and that's that's why I stand you and you're like I'm your fan girl because you know why just pick pick one or why just pick five you know exactly yeah it but I think there's something really really different and I I don't think I had really thought about it beyond just like, oh yeah, we're all vibing off each other and right. we're in a float flow together because that's what you experience when you're in the group of people. But mm-hmm. then to, you know, and it, I mean, it feels like you're making love in your soul, this right. level of pleasure of just happiness and joy and bliss. And you're in this flow state, but you're in it with these other people. Right. You know, it's, it is, it's, really better than an orgy because you're not worried about you know i might pass gas or like oh, you know, know right? it comes too soon or anything you're, you lose the i mean i guess in sex you lose the state of of insecurity and worry too but it's you do i think when, you, when you're a practiced musician and it's just with a group like that where you've performed yeah. for 20 plus years it's oh sure yeah it's you know you know, it's like having group sex every night on tour in different places as you're exploring. Right. Like, you know, it's <laughs> wild. So, totally so I'm, wild. I'm, my, my mind has been like, wow, that's, you know, a major connection that I don't think people experience too often. So I haven't really thought about how, like, do you think sports, like teams and stuff, do you think they like, do you think that's like adrenaline and testosterone? I mean, it is with music too and performing, but like, do they get into flow states? I'm, I'm guessing. 
I think they do. I mean, I I feel like they they like anyone kind of desire to get into that state. Obviously, exercise impacts where your your brain's going to go, where your libido is yeah. going to go. I don't know. It's interesting. I think it's interesting to look at uh, adolescence through time from when, you know, people were getting married at 12, 13 to where it is now, where people aren't probably getting married to their 20s or 30s. And it's, it's a giant difference. Yeah. Yeah. And and I mean, I'm, I'm in New York, so I'm like, people are just aren't getting married. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that too. I've heard kind of scary things about people talking about how younger generations don't want to get married. They don't want to commit. They are just in a different state and they're different mind state. And the whole you know, roll back to what we said earlier, where people are having less sex and less masturbation. I don't know. I can't deny that it shows, it pushes a little bit of fear into me for the future. Oh, totally. Can you imagine having a president who doesn't masturbate? No, <laughs> I'm you sure we what? probably had one, but <laughs> I don't want to know that person if we did. That's all I got to say. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, no, I want a president who's actually, you know, well-rounded, including sexuality. And if they're yep. going to deny that, I just, I, you can't be a leader of a country well without ignoring your, but there's been so much drama about drama, yes. people in politics and their sexuality. And you know, obviously we don't want people who are taking advantage of others, but still let them have their fucking sexuality. They're still fucking people. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I like, mean, come the on. French no. now. You say the French? Oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Just like the French. <laughs> no, they don't care. Like they're like, yeah, our president is right. that. Like, it's fine. It's good. And <laughs> it's just an accepted part of society. I have to say they've got it right, man. I mean, I just feel like all the stuff I've heard about that we need to follow that. And they they, they value pleasure. I mean, and they yes. value like even the well, they have the crash, which is subsidized child care, and the nine month old kids are going in and they're eating like all these beautiful cheeses and they learn how to use their cutlery properly and you know. <laughs> It's like oh, my kid's still throwing fucking shit on the floor. He's almost 18 months old. I'm like, Jesus, <laughs> fucking be French already. I know, right? We just freaking try it, right? Yeah, it's, you know, it's, but this, this value around pleasure, it, there is a lack of, what's so interesting is that, you know, in America, all the circles and conversations around non-monogamy, is it ethical non-monogamy, you know, how to be the ethical slut, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, it's a really, for a lot of people, it's a really tough place to navigate how to be ethically non-monogamous. And, you know, the French are just like, yeah, we're all non-monogamous. That's human nature. We're going to do it. We're not going to fuck up our partner's lives. And like, we might be cavalier in situations where it's okay to be cavalier and we might be super discreet in the majority of other situations. But, you know, this is, this is me showing off my vibrancy, I think in some ways. And when you 
reach a culture like in America where it should be transparent, transparent, transparent. Look, if transparency works for you, great. You know, like ideally, that's a very idealistic, ideal right. goal to, you know, reach for. But I don't think the majority of humans can deal with it. You know, I've seen so many couples who want to try non-monogamy. And a lot of the times it's one partner who really wants it and the other partner who's kind of going along with it, testing the boundaries and seeing, are they really going to do what they said? And when they actually go do what they said, then it becomes a competition. Oh, well, you slept with that person. I'm going to slept with this person. And then it just becomes, it's not ethical non-monogamy and it's not the ethical slut. It becomes becomes toxic. It's games. Adults playing children's games. And, you know, if you're playing it for the sake of pleasure, then you're not playing a game. You're just being French or you're being transparent. Mm -hmm. But if you're playing it because of insecurity or, you know, like not feeling good within a relationship, then then it becomes, you know, you may as well just go back to high school and pass a note that says, will you go out with me or some shit? You oh, know? I know, right? <laughs> wow. That's a shift. I mean, it's just ignoring all that other stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. Have you, have you, I'm like, we have to get back on masturbation. I'm sorry. I'm just <laughs> rambling on. It's always a good topic, right? <laughs> so, so juicy. So what, um, Where's like the craziest place you've masturbated? Let's see. I've definitely done it on a beach, on a dock, in the woods, just like in the fucking grass. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Let's see. Obviously the shower. Who doesn't have the, who hasn't done the shower, right? The shower, the bathtub, the bed. The couch, the chair, the upright chair, the wooden upright chair. That's very specific, isn't it? Let's see. What else? (laughs) (laughs) A car. I've masturbated in my car before. Driving. I haven't done driving. I've done done stationary, but driving is interesting. I feel like it's a little bit easier for men to have pleasure while driving because you can give road head. It's a little bit harder to get your face down into a woman who's driving. You know what I mean? Like it's just physically a little bit tough. Yeah, I mean, you have fingers. <laughs> I mean, fingers worked on in there, but hitting your face down in the area of the pussy of the woman while she's driving—that sounds kind of like a challenge. Maybe someone should do that. You need a challenge of that. <laughs> yeah, I haven't. I've actually never. Oh my gosh! I totally lost you. Are you still there? Any porn sites for that? But I'm. I mean, I'm sure it's out. Yeah, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Yeah. <laughs> I okay. panicked. I'm like, ah, oh, it's gone. She's uh, gone. <laughs> so, oh, so I was saying I, I've i never Googled or looked on porn sites for that specific video, but I would bet it's there. <laughs> oh, I bet. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> yeah, but it is, I mean, I wouldn't want to be driving and also be receiving... I would worry. You know. Yeah, I'd be like, I'm going to swerve. I'm going to kill somebody. This is bad. Exactly. This is like drunk driving. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, mothers against masturbatory and, <laughs> you know, like, I, I think driving. It, 
I think it needs to be called just short edging. And then we call it done. A little bit, tiny yeah. bit of edging. Okay, all done. <laughs> then <Yeah>. we wait. <laughs> One time when I was in, I was still in high school. I was dating this guy and I lived in Atlanta and we pulled over to the side of I-75 on the shoulder because we just, we, we were fondling each other and went in the back of his SUV and fucked the shit out of me. It was so good. Mm, and wow. Afterwards, Afterwards, I was like, oh, my God, what if a car had hit us? It was night. Like, that was crazy. But, yeah, the dumb shit you do when you're young. But also, it's hot. I mean, I remember it now. So, I'm still stuck on the fuck the shit out of you. I'm like, my brain is still back there. I'm like, oh, yes. (laughs) Fuck yes. (laughs) I'm like, I fixated on that one. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I So, I was thinking about, like, Places I've masturbated. I've had sex in a lot more fun places than I've masturbated. So in high school, I used to masturbate on the way to school because it was just so funny all the time. Right. Wow. I I was able to just, there would be traffic and I was able to squeeze my fist between my legs and just come that way. Like I didn't have to like penetrate or like rub or like I literally just squeeze my thighs around something against my clitoris and bam and when I was really young like I remember my mom working at a hotel and and she had a she was the accountant so she had a back office but then there was like the the office behind the lobby and nobody was there because all the front desk workers were working and I just remember sitting underneath a desk in this back office and without my hand just squeezing my legs together and being able to orgasm and so I would do that often as a kid. I never did it in class at school, but I would, you know, do it randomly in places I felt like I could get away with it, like under a desk in this <laughs> yes. office. Yes. And I... yeah. And so like, I don't know. I just, and I, I remember like, I was just like horny all the time and <laughs> like humping like arm sofas of couches because yes. Yes. That felt really good. Like even, oh, yes. I mean, even recently, like I've done some nice, <laughs> nice like bar stools, you know? Oh like, yeah. Bar stools are I, good. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I have to agree with that statement. Yeah. And <laughs> I've never done the beat. I've never done masturbation on the beach. That sounds, the tanning beds. I mean, I would never go to a tanning bed now, but back in the day, right. like right. You, you're, and that was the blood flow because you're getting hot. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, I can't help myself. I would have a tan line in my hand on my clit, you know? Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I feel like I've done, I've done masturbation near the ocean. Maybe not right on the ocean, but you have to have the right moment and the right scenario to do that. But amazing to be, it's, it's very so primal and so just sensual being connected to nature and doing something like masturbating mm-hmm. near something like that. And near recently I, I was in Florida and near water, I was extraordinarily, I was surrounded by water and I was extraordinarily drawn to pleasuring myself. And it was just every little piece, every little glance, every little feeling added to what I was doing. 
And, and it was just, it's kind of one of those moments I'll probably never forget the rest of my life because it was, was, was 360 degrees. It wasn't a portion. It wasn't 90%. It was damn full. Yes. That's amazing. I mean, if you, if you kind of think about your sexual experiences, I feel like they kind of live on the, the circle. You know, you've got your 25%, your 50%, your 90%, 180. It's interesting to think about which ones are the full and how many have you had and how many do you want to seek? Yep. And, and I mean, the full, I think that's such an interesting concept. I don't know if you've written about this before, but I like an entire like expose on just like the full experience, like the full, the 360, you know? Yeah, the 360. I'm like, could that be a new book, the 360? I like this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like so feeling that right now. I'm like, I'm just thinking about how so many different sexual experiences throughout my life have been on a gradient of that and how amazing it is to be closer and closer to 360. And and that those are the ones that you'll never forget. And 360 is your experience masturbating near the ocean. You know, like, like that's a, a bar for sexual experiences to reach. Yes. You know, that's pure. That's it. That's a pure, pure attainment when you can do that. And if you could replicate that with another or seek that with another, I mean, that's, that's, that's fucking kick ass. That, so I remember now what I wanted to mention before. So one of my most favorite, and you, you jogged that memory. One of my most favorite masturbation experiences was in rehearsal hall in college. I was, I was thing. And so I was just using the piano to get the notes and practicing in the, the hall and, you know, kind of listening to the acoustics and my voice, et cetera, et cetera. And I just, curled up and this is like pre-security camera well maybe it maybe it wasn't I don't know it just well true now now I would never do it but back then it felt really safe and and so I curled up in a ball and I messed oh can you hear me yeah yes I can now you cut out for a little bit there sorry that's okay Um, (laughs) so yeah I just master I masturbated under the the pedals well not under but like on the pedals of a piano essentially like right next to but was hitting them occasionally with my body as I kind of rolled back and forth wow and and so the reverb throughout this rehearsal hall was pretty amazing and so then I was like your point about 360 I was like that was amazing I have to do this with a partner and so I ended up doing it with somebody I didn't really care for so much, but who was also a musician. So I knew they would fuck really well <laughs> right. and ended up fucking on the pedals of this beautiful grand piano in this rehearsal hall and just the noises and the sound and the reverb, even just of like breath from that. Right. Oh my gosh. Incredible. Yes. So cool. Like that was probably one of the, you know, it wasn't like some outrageous, like, you know, I love what you said about nature. Like, I feel, I feel like I'm missing out on that. I need to do more masturbation in nature. Oh my gosh. I, it's just, I don't know. I have to say it's an experience. I mean, I think people should do more of that and it's kind of hard to do. It's kind of hard to set up, but I mean, 
just, just when you're sitting there listening to all those sounds of nature, it's just, it does something to your soul. And then to think of giving yourself maximum pleasure during that moment and not being anything negative, but all positive, that's like just, that's like tremendous. I can't even like, there's no words. It's perfect. Have you seen the, um, the Sigour Ross gobbledygook video? No. He's this Icelandic musician and the video gobbledygook. It's just these like beautiful Icelandic people running naked through a forest. <laughs> like if I want to go to Iceland and just masturbate in the forest now. <laughs> right. I mean, that sounds I, damn good. <laughs> I'm like, should I be like, we should do a reality show and just go there and film like film us masturbate like we don't have to do it in front of each other necessarily we just like go and be like oh where's Sigour Ross are you gonna peep out and see me <laughs> I know right sounds pretty damn cool awesome I mean I was I would do it that sounds fun we should we should find a reality show sponsor <laughs> <laughs> I know it's so it's so crazy my friend wrote a book BDSM game show that's like set in a couple hundred years in the future and it's just it's kind of mind-blowing to to read I'm not all the way through her book yet but to think about how that is going to be impacted how technology is going to impact sexuality and culture at the same time I don't know oh my god I have to read this book what's the name (laughs) of the book the chalet of desire (gasps) she's from Europe trying to remember which country she's in Germany or England, or maybe she's from the UK. Oh my gosh, I have a hard time remembering, but it's it's absolutely a fascinating book because it it blends uh, sci-fi, erotica, sensuality, and romance. It is a game show where people are completely concealed, but it's a BDS role play game show. Sort of mind blowing oh, to, to the God, sensuality is like it's like it's like giant. I just I'm curious where the rest of the book is going to go, but I mean she's touched on so many different areas. It's just from the taboo to the normal to the I'm falling in love. It's like, damn! <laughs> oh my god! And I love that you said falling in love because like when we focus so much on the other stuff. Sometimes like falling in love or getting married can be like the most transgressive, like it's so paradoxical, but it can be like the most transgressive thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes. Like, and like for me, I never thought I would get married. I never thought like I was going to really fall in love to the extent that I did. And then now I'm like, oh, it was so rebellious and transgressive to like, you know, commit you know what I mean (laughs) like oh that's so naughty it's like not me (laughs) (laughs) what's going on here right (laughs) yeah yeah you want it the same but yet you want it fully at the same time yeah a hundred percent yeah so that's the other thing that's really interesting so Jack Moran is like this world he's he's now passed um but he was one of the world's greatest sex therapists and sexologists mm. and Say his name so again jack morin okay it's m-o-r-i-n and he wrote this incredible book that i sometimes refer to as like my holy 
Bible of my, you know, study, my industry. I don't actually mean it's the Bible. I just mean, you know, it's my go-to book for so many things. And, and, you know, a lot of his work, he's just sexology in many ways. You know, people would talk about Kenzie and, and I'm like, Jack Moran was very special. And mm. so he talks about the, the erotic mind and he did this huge survey of people of all genders, orientations, etc. And he said, you know, tell me of your top three experiences, one of your best experiences of the best sex of your life. And so people answer that question, yada, yada, yada. And then he says, okay, now tell me your go-to fantasy when you're trying to get really turned on and mm. and you can't get turned on for whatever reason and you, you want to get turned on, you just, you know. And in today's world, I would say, like, what's your go-to porn category when you want to get off yeah, as quickly right. as possible? Right. And it's so fascinating how he was able to identify these kind of core erotic themes of, of the erotic mind. And one of the things he found amongst the gay participants of this survey was that, and heterosexuals, was that heterosexuals fantasized about group sex and gay men specifically fantasized about being in love and being partnered because their best sexual experiences were actually the group sex and they'd had all of that and done all of that but they wanted the love and the tenderness and the intimacy and it was the heteros who'd had the love and tenderness and intimacy who wanted the group sex and so I just I thought that was such a right. funny funny little like you know interesting tidbit sex culture and our, our orientations and back then you know we didn't have fluidity and pansexual and poly we did but we just didn't have you know the terms for it everything was very like you're gay or straight and you know lesbians were left out of a lot of studies and you know et cetera, et cetera. but anyway i just i think it, it's such a wonderful paradox how we fantasize about the the thing that seems so naughty to us and and we want the thing that we haven't had yet so if you've had lots of group sex maybe you want the love and the tenderness you know isn't that interesting and what i think that totally points to is totally the 360 you can't leave out a piece you leave yeah. out a piece you're fucking losing you're fucking you're you're down the drain you know you yeah. can't lose a piece of that damn 360. And that 360 is what is needed, what we want, what is meant to be. And if it's not there, it's not there. You can't just like color it in like with the damn green crayon. I mean, it's just not going to work. It has to be real. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm loving this 360 concept. I think I there's too. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of blowing my mind it just like hit me and i'm like hey, you know and there's so many people that have a little sliver or a quarter or a half three quarters even but how many people really get the full 360 so few i mean so few. i wouldn't be in business if, if there was you know uh, yeah. <laughs> like but you know am i for me it's it's not about business i mean I wouldn't be doing CEI as an educational component, you know, if it were about business. It's about how do we genuinely make 
waves and change in the world because I firmly 100%, 120% believe that if people are comfortable and happy and secure with who they are, if they know their bodies, if they have really high quality relationships with the people in their lives, we could have world peace. We could achieve world peace. And, you know, like it's, it's negative behaviors and toxic behaviors in relationships. It's greed, it's jealousy, it's insecurity, it's competition. You know, it's all these things. We need competition to evolve, but we could also work interdependently collaboratively to to evolve together you know and i think we're just we're at a point in time where we need to move beyond our reptilian brain and we really need to just realize the power of collaboration and and how much better we are with each other than against each other and you know it's it's just that's so for me, why I do what I do, and I'm sure you too, is is to make this impact and and try to help, you know, people enjoy and own and love their pleasure rather than doing it for a brief second and then hiding and running away back to their quote unquote reality of life. You know, how do we incorporate our sexuality is living, breathing part of who we are and not just like this little thing we do that's hidden away. And I think that's so important to obtaining the 360. Like it's such a brilliant concept you came up with. <laughs> I know. It's just so makes sense to me to think about that. And I think about, I mean, just applying it across the board to relationships. You know, the ones that, that do the full 360 are the ones that stick. And those are the ones we want. And those are the ones that mean something that often are hard to attain due to walls of previous abuse or experiences or things that just make us, make us, how do you say that? That made us feel like damn shit or bad or somehow negative. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I'm sort of thinking about that. And I'm like, you know, it kind of applies to erotica as well. There's some erotica that, is more smut. There's some that includes romance. It's all about a gradient. Don't we don't we all want the damn 360? Yeah. A hundred percent. I think we do. I think that is just it's kind of the dream, but there are people who don't reach into that dream or even try to touch it. But it's the dream of probably every human. Every every being. Not gonna like slight the others who Everybody, all beings want what they want and they feel what they feel, but we still want what we want. Yeah. Yeah. Preach it. Preach it, sister. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's called the wine is like soaking into all parts of my body. So I'm really going to get philosophical and (laughs) sexual and I'm going to go all over the damn place. I mean, you're naked right now. The only thing you're wearing are headphones. I'm loving it. It's true. It's true. The only thing I'm wearing is headphones. That is true. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Like, it's just funny to me. Like, I I always do audio, right? My my podcasts are audio. And I'm like, what do you guys want? And they're like, oh, who naked? And I'm like, you know, I'm thinking back. I'm like, have I? I've never shown myself be like naked. I mean, I've shown sexy pictures, but... 
<laughs> That's Wait, like no, the first you... thing they go to. We're visual people, but I encourage everyone to use your erotic imagination. And so tell us this, what kind of, are you sitting on a chair? Are you sitting on a couch? What are you sitting on? I I am in my sound room, which is the walls are totally covered in this like black foam. It's like a, a ridged foam of panels all over the place. And I'm sitting in a folding chair. <laughs> I'm sitting in a folding chair at my desk that holds my microphone on a mount. Oh, you said the word mount. I know, right? Is that seriously? Is that's a damn <laughs> is word. It a metal folding chair? It is. <laughs> it is. You know, I have to tell you, one of the nice things about metal folding chairs is they hold the suction cup of the, the dildos quite nicely compared to. Uh, have you used this this chair specifically for the section dildos? Yes. Okay, so you know that you know like the dildos that are just like kind of like they're like rubbery. I don't know what the fuck they're made out of. They're like silicone. I don't know. Yeah, silicone. Yeah. Hopefully, exactly. Hopefully, like silicone that's healthy and not touched by other things has like a <laughs> suction cup on the bottom. It suctions best to the metal folding chair, better than wood. I have to tell you because, and also the wood too has like these grains and has these kind of these undulations and like weird things in that metal chair, the folding chair. It's just got that lovely flat space that will just take the suction of the dildo like it's meant to be like butter on toast. <laughs> Incredible. Oh. I'm totally serious. I've tried these things. Oh, and the other thing I have to mention too is my friend who makes this amazing grinding sex toy that you can put on a chair. I mean, oh, you know, wow. do not underestimate the amazing ability of a chair in your sex. Wait, what it what is the grinding toy? Like I tell me everything. I oh, need to she's know. She's so amazing. Okay, so she's she's out of the UK and actually on her second release of a sex toy. And, but her sex toys are different than I'd say 98% of the market because they're grinding sex toys. Like you put it on a chair. Okay. You're going to love this. Okay. Listen to this. This is why she developed it because she's an erotica author and she wanted something that she could use through writing her sexual scenes rather than (gasps) leaving her computer and going to, you know, play with toys or jack off or pleasure herself. She could work through it while she was writing these stories. My God, I love it. It's just amazing. I have her first toy. I don't have her new one. Her new one just came out. Her first one is called the Ruby Glow. And it's just, I mean, I can only liken it to, it's a damn pussy saddle. You can sit on it and you grind on it on your chair. Fabulous. Obviously, I own it. It's amazing. And I can't wait to try her new one because she's combined two different things. She's made it like the first one where it's like this little pussy saddle that sits on a chair that's for grinding and has a detachable part can be a dildo and a clitoral stimulation. You can detach it or you can put it in it it's like a little cradle. It's oh two God. pieces. <laughs> it's like brilliant. Do you know I Googled it? And the thing that came up was the Ruby Glow Tea Tree, and it's like a plant. And what? I'm just like, oh, well, and no. also, I found I found the dildo. I looking at it, and it's not a dildo. It's it's a saddle, just like you said, and it looks amazing. Like there's like is a it, little is bit it of ridges. The, is, 
Is it the, the Ruby Glow or is it her new one? It's it's the Ruby Glow. And actually, it's okay. a review from goodhousekeeping.com. And it says, rocks off Ruby Glow. So yes, clearly, yes. Good Housekeeping has that this, this stuff. You know, this is I a good it. thing. Absolutely. Oh, my God. Absolutely. It's a different kind of sex toy out there on the market because it basically deals with the your external organs. I mean, there's nothing internal about the toy. No, it's brilliant because there are so many nerves on yes. the pubic bone and, you know, and the perineum looks like it just, I mean, it looks like the perfect sex. I'm like, why didn't I think of this? This is brilliant. I know. It's like the most My amazing gosh. sex toy. I love her story too, how she tells me how she bought all these different products to like molded and created. And then she approached a sex toy company. She's just phenomenal. I just. Oh my God, I'm obsessed with this. I need one of these like immediately. Holy shit. I totally need to get her new one because I'm just like, okay, she's got picked on for like the toy not being penetrative and it's just external, but it's so different than all the other sex toys on the market because it really it is. is external. Yep. And there, there are lots of other external toys, but none that encompass that right. breadth of our, our very erogenous parts. You know, that's incredible. It's almost like if, if, you know, if you were making something equivalent for the penis, you would make like a sheath, something that like cups and very gently stimulates the balls and then something that does the perineum and maybe on either side of the asshole and for some people in the asshole. Like it's just so, it's right. like it, it's an all-encompassing toy. It's amazing. What I think is it's amazing about it is it's not, so many toys are just are just internal or there's an internal piece or just external piece, but hers is kind of like, external but it touches multiple areas of the external it's not just like one i'm gonna run pee yeah i'm I'm gonna explode if i don't pee i'll be right back like seriously i'll be like three seconds no problem hi i love how you said three seconds because you don't have any pants no pants to take off it's just you know done and you know done (laughs) three seconds was an exaggeration but i knew that's it was short but no, I'm so short. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so crazy. <laughs> All right. So yeah, I'm back and I'm naked and I'm ready to go. Ready to rumble. Yes. Oh my gosh. Ruby glow. So it's amazing. And I'm just, I'm excited to try her new one. I just love that. It's like something that can like be together, but can be apart at the same time. It's just a brilliant mm. idea so brilliant i'm i'm mad that i didn't think of it that's uh, gorgeous it's also <laughs> beautiful like if somebody sees it you could just be like oh that's just an extension for my phone like some of the things i love about a lot of sex toys lately is that they they don't just look like phallic pieces or vibrators they look like you know right. a skincare device you know yes hers is like that it's kind of i mean only thing i liken it to is a, it's a pussy saddle i mean totally oh my gosh saddles totally. touch so much parts of that area and to think of it being something that is sexual pleasure you know is as an interesting it's an interesting area especially for people i think one of her other focuses is people who do not want penetrative sex 
you know, yeah. how, how can they get off? And she's creating toys that allow that. But in her second toy, it's, it's a way to do that. Plus this detachable. That's amazing. It is. I'm really impressed with her. I love hearing her little stories about how she like gets this like lump of silicone and she has to shape it. You know, like, oh my god, it's like it's and like Play-Doh for sex toys. You know, <laughs> you know, I. It's so interesting. Like, you know, there are certain shoemakers where if you buy enough of their shoes, they'll make a mold of your foot and they'll custom make really beautiful high heels for you. And so I'm just like. Like technology's there. Like, can't we all just take a mold of our, of our, you know, whole pubic area and just have a custom made toy like Ruby Glow, but just have it be like that would be amazing. I feel like I feel like there is companies out there that do that. Like you. Oh my gosh! I need that it like life. something like mold, mold a pussy, mold a. Oh my gosh! I don't oh even my know. god! I did a candle dick once on my partner, like just because I love looking at his dick and I just needed to see it like in wax. And then I was like, well, I can't burn the candle because this is too pretty. But yeah, it was like molded dick. But yeah, I haven't seen, I've seen like the Great Wall of, it's called the Great Wall of Vagina. It should have been called the Great Wall of Vulva. But, But this guy did a plaster of a bunch of vulvas. So like, is there data to be, had in there of like you know of of the space have you heard of princess marie bonaparte she was napoleon's great grandniece and she was determined to have an orgasm from penetrative sex and so she did this study with a bunch of she she could never have an orgasm she was married but then she had these extra marital affairs and these lovers and she was you know determined to have an orgasm from sex and so she started measuring the distance between the end of clitoris to the opening of the vagina and she came up with a theory called the rule of thumb and if the distance between your clitoris and your vagina was less than the top of your thumb to your first knuckle, then you could probably have a pretty easy orgasm. Mm. And if it was equal to, you would have kind of a, it would be difficult, but you could still eventually get there. You know, it was kind of an average, longer than the distance between the tip of your thumb and your first. Oh, are you there? Yep, I'm here. Can you hear me? Um, So if it was longer than from the tip of your thumb to the first knuckle, then those people didn't have orgasms from pinnate sex. And she was one of those in that group. And so she actually had surgery to remove the end of her clitoris and reattach it. She did it twice. She was so determined. Yeah, which is wild. I would never do that. I would fuck that noise. No knife near my clitoris, you know. But what's interesting is that since then, there have been modern day studies that have repeated her experiment in terms of gauging and surveying and and understanding. And they found that the rule of thumb is actually correct, that you can tell how easy or difficult it is to have an orgasm from penetrative sex based on the space between 
the end of the glands of your clitoris and the opening of your vagina. Wow. And right. So it's wild. And so, so, you know, it's like we have these kind of three different groups that she grouped them into. And she found she was in the group with bigger space. She eventually, after these two surgeries, was able to have orgasm from penetrative sex. And it was just about figuring out the angle and the position. Right. Oh, I can imagine. I think that's the case for so many people. So she found that sitting on top of her partner, facing him, if he had a little bit of a pop belly, helped her (laughs) have have, uh, these orgasms. And you know what? I like my partner now is very skinny, but, uh, and I like, I mean, he's beautiful, but I have had lovers with a little bit of a belly and it's a nice thing to rub your, your clit on, you know, it helps get the job done. So, you know, all shapes and sizes welcome, welcome here. But, but I think there's something interesting about like how our bodies need different bits and shapes and, and builds to get us where we need to go sometimes. I think that's definitely it. Totally points to learning about your partner and what your partner needs, wants, desires, what gets them off instead of just, you know, going by what you've heard in the media, movies, whatever, even help. Porn. Yeah. Yes. It's about your partner and what gets your partner off more than X, Y, Z. Yes. Oh my gosh. Look at your damn partner. Masturbate together. Watch and then watch and learn and then then play ball. (laughs) Exactly. And don't, you know, I just don't ever think of masturbation or sex toys as competition. It's enhancement. It's learning about sexuality. It's learning where your brain can, will, and ultimately enjoy going if allowed. It's, yeah. it's about trust. A hundred percent and trusting ourselves. And, you know, it's there, there are the boundaries we think we have and the boundaries we get to push and explore. And that's when we learn about ourselves. That's when we learn about our partners. You know, if you wake up and you eat the same food every single day, for every <laughs> single meal, it's, you know, that might work for some people, but, but you're not growing and evolving and, you know, our purpose here on this earth is to grow and evolve and, and change, you know, otherwise we'd all still be little kids. So, yeah. So embrace the evolution of our eroticism, of our sexuality, of our, you know, our desires. Those people think sex, sex and sexuality, it's static. And I always say, you know, it's like the clouds in the sky. You picture the sky. Most people say, oh, it's blue with white clouds. The sky is constantly changing. You know, the weather's changing. We've got clouds, we've got rain, we've got gray, we've got sun, we've got no clouds. So, you know, I think the evolution is not, it's not linear either. It's, it's just this beautiful journey that we're so lucky that we get to, to experience and go on. I agree. And that's where we all need to be. I mean, let the yes. other restrictions and the blocks, let them go. That's what we need. That's totally what we need. Yeah. Take, take away the, the growth stunts and, and just 
get to growing. <laughs> That's right. And and there's no bad way to grow it. That's the other thing to get over that shame. There's really no bad way to grow it. No, not at all. This is just, I love this cover. It's so swell. <laughs> <laughs> it's very fun. Absolutely. I just, it's been really fun chatting and just touching on all these topics. It's amazing. Pun intended. Touch, touch, touch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I should probably head off to what time is it's late where oh you are? Gosh. You're even later yes, than I am. It is. It is we've had an amazing talk, and I want to thank you so much for talking with me. It's been so much fun. Oh my gosh, I love talking to you anytime you want to do it. Like, just like let me know. You're amazing. Your voice is so sexy and sensual. You're, you know, tell it like it is, and you're brilliant brilliant mind and I'm, I'm really honored and pleasured to be here especially while you're naked I know right I know <laughs> yeah I, I need to like look towards my little toy over there and think about using that next <laughs> I mean you've got your metal chair so <laughs> I know right the metal chair is good I have to tell you for the suction cup toys you know mm. I've seen a lot of people use the wall and like a tub you know, the edge of a tub or the, those are good too, but a metal chair, that works pretty damn good. You should try That's it. That's amazing. You know what? That's <laughs> on my list now to do that one. <laughs> yeah, right. It's it's good. If, if you get it in the right spot, you get in the right spot on the metal chair and you're damn good. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. I had so much fun talking with you. I can't, I can't wait. And you're what? I had so much fun talking with you. I just, it's amazing. So much fun talking with you and thank you so much. I love your show. It's phenomenal. You're you're a queen bee. <laughs> well, thank you. I just I'm honored you've been with me twice. It's been awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And have fun, naughty night. <laughs> you too. It's time for the naughty, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Time for the real naughty. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Sure. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Good night. Okay, bye. Bye. Okay. Thank you so much for listening and please subscribe to my podcast. Leave me a rating. I would love to hear your thoughts. You can find links for mail down in the podcast notes. And thanks again for listening. And I hope you have an amazing fucking sexy day. Love ya. Ready for some spring cleaning of your beard and groin hairs? Try out Manscaped products where you can get 20% off with my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, to get 20% off and free shipping. In order to get the discount, use the promo code RUIN, R-U-A-N, to do that spring cleaning to get yourself ready for sexy times. Heat up your spring with a new shave, a new trim. Perhaps try going there. Get more skin smacks in the bedroom, if you know what I mean.